Welcome to the Why on Earth Communities Stewardship and Sustainability Podcast Series. Today I am visiting with Dana Saray. Hi Dana. Hi Aaron. How are you today? I'm really good. Great to be here with you. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you. And we're, we're outside, the birds are singing, mm. and I think we're going to have a fabulous conversation. Mm. Before diving in, I want to let our audience know that Dana is a facilitator of transformational experience. Her passion lies in awakening soul consciousness through the embodied arts of yoga, earth-based wisdom, and integrative healing practices. She is the co-founder and director of Hanuman Academy and Hanuman Adventures. In addition to birds flying around, we have airplanes occasionally too, so that's a bit loud, apologize. But it's really nice to be outside. Beautiful to be outside. Someone's getting a great view of the flat irons right outside over from their plane. Dana has led sacred pilgrimages, yoga workshops, and trainings, and healing immersions for over 15 years. She integrates diverse yoga techniques, including asana, pranayama, kriya, meditation, and mantra, with authentic relating free movement and more to bring people to a state of embodied connection where healing happens and wholeness is remembered. She has been featured on the cover of Yoga Journal, teaches online through Gaia.com and HanumanAcademy.com, and has taught at renowned yoga festivals throughout the world. You can visit her website at DanaSaray.com. We'll have the spellings and all of that in the show notes. And uh, I find it notable too that, Dana, you also have your, your bachelor's degree from Naropa University where you did an interdisciplinary study called Harmonious Living self and society and I'm, I'm struck that with all our work through the Why on Earth community platform, one of our main focuses and themes is connecting the dots between that self-practice and stewardship and sustainability in, in society more broadly and I know that's a, a huge part of your mm. perspective and practice as well and I was wondering if you could just share with our mm. audience how that, how that links up for you. Yeah, well you know, back when I was 20 and at Naropa, I, I you know, had, a, had big dreams, as I think a lot of us do still, but, you know, perhaps at that point, immature, perhaps, or mm. inexperienced, and in some ways really idealistic, but my vision at that time was really to, how can we create a different way of living in which we are really deeply connected to ourselves and in harmony here, and then also in our community, in the world, with nature, in connection, in harmony, living uh, a lifestyle that really honors the earth and mm -hmm. honors each other and honors ourselves. So, you know, I say idealistic and it's, it's been a journey for me of, of living in this world now for a lot longer than then. And um, like, we have a lot to do to get mm -hmm. there still, mm -hmm. you know, there's like a lot of structures in our, in our world that are not designed to really hold us in a place of harmony and well-being. And so it, 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 there's a lot for us to do first on the inner landscape, because yeah. if we're not really working that inner peace, that self peace, growing in ourselves, having more awareness, more capacity to be centered amidst the challenges of life, then there's, I just think there's really not a lot of traction we're going to get yeah. in, the, in the big game, in the, in, the, in the way of really changing the way that we live in connection in our society and with the earth and yeah. creating a sustainable culture. Yeah, I, I, I so love this topic and I know that uh, we're both parents, you're, you're a mother, your son Josh is about 15. Yeah. And Boy, there's hardly anything we're going to encounter that's more humbling and instructive than, than parenthood, yeah. right? It takes us through so much, and as our kids grow up and turn into young men and women themselves, obviously it gives us this really uh, amazing perspective on, on life and the cycles and stages of life. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I know we first met at a workshop a permaculture workshop in new mexico yeah. some 20 years ago plus yeah. or minus and i think it's interesting that in so many ways you and i have both really stuck mm. to the 
fundamentals, the mm. initial impulses that were moving through us as young adults, mm. and have experienced all kinds of mm. adventures and uh, successes, in my case, some failures, mm -hmm. and you know, <laughs> the things that end up giving us some wisdom over time, perhaps. Absolutely. And a little, like that seasoned sort of perspective on um, what it really takes to create um, sustainable lifestyles. Mm. Like that it's, it, that it actually, you know, I think at the beginning when I said it was idealistic, a little mm. bit of this like, didn't actually know what it takes within us. Like the amount of um, vulnerability, you know, even to admit our mistakes or to, to really like know that we've got some work to do, yeah. you know, like I think uh, over my journey, you know, having, having done a lot of different things now and knowing that we have to really come together and work together and in order to do that, we have to like deal with our, our own stuff mm. in the ways that we want to stay separate mm. and we want to, um, you know, our wounds, our, 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 our shadows, these pieces that um, actually divide us and keep us separate. So there's something about the connectivity that comes through, you know, it really feels like as a culture, and this is the work you're doing, we need to come together to create the change that we want to see on this planet, to create yeah. sustainability. But in order to come together and work together, we've got to be able to, you know, work through the stuff that keeps us work. separate. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, so much, important. you know, and when we can deepen into those layers, which is what the practices of yoga and I'm really into the practice of authentic relating now because it, it, it's really about that. It's about how do we first, you know, really do the, the inner work of knowing what's happening here. Mm -hmm. And then how do we bring that into connection with each other so that we can actually resolve conflicts and mm -hmm. work together. When you're, when you're talking about authentic relating, yeah. what does that mean? Like I know what those two words mean yeah. more or less, but, yeah. but I know this is a whole, discipline and practice, something that yeah. more and more people are actually engaging in deliberately, yeah. right? Well, authenticity, being real, like what's really happening for <laughs> us, and then relating, relationship, bringing that into connection. So that's a real simplified version. I mean, one way to say it is making the implicit explicit. Mm. So whatever is going on inside of us, oftentimes we keep that to ourselves. And, we, and we, we're shy, we're hidden, you know, we don't want to let people know. I love how you brought in your failures. You know, we don't mm. want to actually admit that or let people know that we have um, weaknesses or failures or vulnerabilities. There's a lot of armoring that goes up, a lot of trying to be something, you know, and it, most of the time it hides sort of that deeper vulnerability that we all share, that there are places where we feel like maybe we are not enough in some yeah. way. Yeah. And when we can actually just bring those, like that realness to our relationships, it creates a huge amount of intimate connection mm. and um, a satisfaction, I find, mm. in being in connection. And there was one other thing I wanted to say about that. Oh, and it's an embodied practice. Mm -hmm. So it's actually really about being in the present moment, in the present moment awareness. So it's really a meditative practice that is in connection. So for instance, you know, if I was really kind of tuning into what's happening in my body right now, I notice that I'm kind of holding myself in a, you know, position because we're sort of sitting in an awkward way because right. we have the camera here, you know? So it's like not the most comfortable, you know? Yeah. So I notice, yeah. okay, I'm like kind of funny in my body. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so I might just be like, wow, like I feel a little awkward right now, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, you know, my face is a little flushed and now we're having this little flushed moment together <laughs> and just like presencing what's really happening now and starting there and being slow and slowing down. Yes, I love this. You know, you just invited me with your presence to actually slow down. And in that invitation to slow down, I can actually start to feel myself more mm -hmm. and notice, oh, like, okay, there's like, a little nervousness in my heart here. Mm -hmm. I can feel a little like, <sighs> and I can let my body start to inform me. Yep. The body has so much wisdom. Yes. And that wisdom is uh, incredibly valuable for us. There is so much that we can learn mm -hmm. from listening to our bodies 
You know, yeah. the I love to talk about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Yeah. The conscious mind, they say, the conscious part of us, the brain, you know, is really only about 5% online mm -hmm. in any moment. And then the subconscious, which the body actually is a part of, you know, the, the body, the, you know, the energy, the emotions, the physical body yeah. is 95% that subconscious terrain. It's like the iceberg, you know, there's a little tip that's the conscious and then there's this huge amount mass. Yes, yes. The body is a part of that. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's like, if you think about it, if one part, the subconscious is 95% versus the 5%, like what's gonna win? What has right. more power? Right. So that, that subconscious terrain has a whole lot of power. Truly. And one of the, the ways that the subconscious speaks to us is through our bodies. It's not in words, it's not verbal. That's really the, the conscious, you know, when yeah. we use our words. But the body's language is sensation, memories, colors, symptoms. I mean, there's a whole array of um, experience that the body can offer. Mm -hmm. But when we slow down and we start to tune into that, a whole world of new information opens up for us that can start to guide us because it has a lot of power. Yeah. You know, the body's knowing, you know, there's, there's a, do you know, muscle testing? Yeah. yeah. Kine applied kinesiology, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. It's like the whole theory is that the body actually knows what's good for us and what's not good for us. Yeah. So there's this, you know, there's different ways to do it, but it's like tuning into that wisdom of the body that will tell us this is a, this is actually some food that your body wants to eat. And this is a food your body doesn't want to yeah. eat. This is a experience that is a yes, like when we can feel a yes in our body versus a no in our body. Yeah. And being able to have that information is really, really valuable and important. Absolutely. What I, lo what I love about that insight is it's, it's a source of wisdom and information that each one of us has access to, potentially. Absolutely. The more we cultivate that ability to listen. And a good friend of mine, uh, and mentor, uh, Jack is his name, and he's provided uh, insight and consulting on a bunch of the children's books that we've been mm. developing. And mm. he, I remember him sharing recently that uh, our bodies are the greatest source of wisdom we each have access to. Mm -hmm. I find that to be so potent, and I, I think in our hyper-modern, Western, logocentric, idea-centric culture, that is something perhaps we could spend a little more time mm. with. Mm -hmm. And I, I dare say, I'll throw this out there, that perhaps this would apply even more to some of the guys out there than mm. many of the ladies. Mm. I, I, I know from my mom to lots of female friends and colleagues, there seems to be a greater sense of that sort of body awareness at mm. this point among that demographic than I see among a lot of my male friends and mm -hmm. colleagues. And I just hope that more and more of us guys, all of us in general, but more and more of us guys really get the, the joy and mm -hmm. the enhanced quality of life that comes mm -hmm. with that kind of awareness. Mm -hmm. And it's not hard. Well, you know, we haven't been trained or you know yeah. we've been trained to not be in touch with our bodies I think mm -hmm. what you were saying is really valuable like maybe it's more men or you know our our culture tends to be more mind oriented mm. so that, that that can be looked at as a masculine yeah. energy and the yeah. body can be looked at as a feminine energy and the earth could perhaps be looked at as a feminine yes. you know and, and so we're in this movement of reconnecting to the feminine yeah. in a way that we've lost that connection yeah. over these last, some say 5,000 years, you know, maybe more, maybe less, you know, some of us more than others. Culturally, there's been a, a dominance of a value on thinking and intellect right? and not so much on feeling yeah. and emotional perception yeah. and embodied wisdom. Yeah. And so that tends to be more feminine oriented. So that can be where we see that divide. But there's really this like reclaiming of feels to me the balance, yep. the harmony yep. that like it's it's not like, OK, we're trying to women rise and feminine rise. And that's, you know, down with the men and down with the, you know, uh -huh. all of that. It's actually yeah. like, OK, our world is out of balance because we've had so much emphasis on this more 
out of balance masculine energy or intellectual you know yep. with knowledge only based on mind value yeah and so you know part of this movement i feel like you're doing we're doing is to find that balance and wholeness and first yeah. we have to find it within yeah so so those of us who have been very disconnected from our bodies it's really important to reconnect to the body and find that balance within mm. you know as we're seeking to find balance with the earth yes the body is the earth in right. us right. the body is the earth element you yeah. know we teach a program in Hanuman Academy called the five elements of yoga mm -hmm. and we work with those five elements earth water fire air and space those are the Ayurvedic elements and to bring all of those into balance is where we find wholeness because mm. all of the universe is made of those five elements yeah well the earth energy is our bodies it's the physical manifest form you know and so coming into a relationship with our own bodies I think is step number one mm. in this like rebalancing of the outer world first we have to do it here again so yes the men and also lots of women i know that for me it's been a huge journey because we've rejected our bodies mm -hmm. you know we live in a in a in a in a for the feminine at least i think mm -hmm. for probably the men too but for the women there's been i mean body image issues like yeah. we have learned to hate our bodies hmm. we have a deep hatred mm -hmm. for our bodies because they're supposed to look a certain way we're supposed to be able to do certain things with them we're you know there's there's just this absence of loving acceptance mm. for ourselves just as we are you know and um and that's that's been so so while women perhaps might be more in tune with their bodies on some level there's yeah. a whole lot of stress and trauma yeah. in that relationship that i appreciate you feeling. sharing that i really do and uh <clears throat> I, I i know as a a man in in my middle age years there's a little bit of that that emerges for us too. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. I was on a hike yesterday and boy, afterward my knee was just smarting. Mm -hmm. And I could just feel it. It's getting worn out after years of sports and so on, it's a lot of skiing and all of that. And just to just to get, have compassion even for the knee mm -hmm. and to say, it's okay, I'm gonna get you some salve as opposed to, you know, what's wrong with you or, yeah. We, we needed to have surgery or something, right? I, I know it's probably a silly example, but it it's actually happened example. yesterday. No, so. I think it's a really, really good example because that orientation of like, hey, can let me listen to you. Mm -hmm. um, let me take some time with you. I'm going to take care of you. Like, what do you have yeah. to tell me? Yeah. That's a really good uh, example of how to communicate with the body. You know, because a lot of us don't have a... A relationship with our bodies in that way mm. you know the body has been mechanical it's functional it's mm -hmm. you know viewed that way objectified all of these things and so like oh knee is you know hurt fix it you yeah. know take it to the mechanic you know it's like fixing gonna, a flat tire or something yeah exactly so that that quality of actually tuning in and being like wow like, mm. let me just be with you for a moment let me be with this heart let me be with this ache here you know what and allow it to inform us you know, maybe you pushed a little too hard, Aaron. Well, it's possible. <laughs> you <laughs> I know, was on a big adventure. <laughs> or maybe the knee has something else to tell you. Like, yeah. You know, maybe mm -hmm. like the knees are related. You know, like where are you like working too hard in your life, mm -hmm. or like trying mm -hmm. to climb a mountain? I don't know. I'm mm -hmm. just sort of starting to brainstorm. But there's these ways that you can actually start inquiring, like with a meditative awareness and a deep sense of listening like having a conversation with a child maybe yeah, you yeah. know like how would you speak to a child who might be afraid or you know going through something if you want to say hey get up you know like mm -hmm. you know like right. you'd, you'd actually up. <laughs> like hey let me like slow down and like come mm -hmm. down to your level and like tune in here mm -hmm. and what can we learn from this moment how can I listen and maybe offer a couple things but there's there's this different language that the body speaks. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that, that that takes some time and practice to tune into. And that's why our yoga practice or dance practice or movement practice or just any meditative awareness practice, it doesn't even have to be a big deal. Like you said, it mm -hmm. can really be simple. It's just in this moment, actually, I'm going to for a moment close my eyes 
and check in. Can I feel my body? Some of us don't even feel our bodies at first. It's like the head and the body have been so disconnected mm -hmm. that when you say, hey, what's happening in your body? Some people are like, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. So it can take a little while and um, like a nurturance of that connection and that relationship to start developing more of a, of a conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Well, I want to share with our audience that Dana is one of the amazing presenters who will be part of the lineup at our upcoming summit, Massively Mobilizing Sustainability Deep Leadership for the 21st Century. This is May 17th to 19th. And we still have some tickets available, so I want to make sure if you can join us, please do. In fact, we're very happy to offer a 50, that's a 50% discount using the code COMMUNITY. And I bring this up in part because the theme of leadership, I think, requires of us now in these times to develop this kind of body awareness. And I'm struck as our uh, science is learning more and more about the neurobiochemistry of what's going on in our experience, that often what we uh, might think of as thinking is is so heavily so profoundly influenced by what's going on in our body and we know that taking for example yoga these these poses this movement of our body the practice of different breath work mm. is absolutely affecting stress hormones and mm. other uh, neurotransmitters effectively mm -hmm. that is definitely affecting our cognitive performance mm. our immune systems all mm -hmm. sorts of all sorts of things and so oddly it, it's such an interesting conundrum really that our western culture has created this incredible schism between mind and body and the reality is that <laughs> mind and body are so interconnected it's almost virtually really impossible to say where one starts and the other stops yeah so i know this is a huge part of your practice and expertise and I'm so excited we're going to be sharing this in more depth with folks at the summit too but I'm just curious as you're working with all kinds of folks parents professionals mm. educators and others mm. what are those effects what are you seeing in terms of uh, changes and improvements mm. when folks are you know embracing these kinds of practices yeah a lot mm -hmm. yeah so much I think that's a really beautiful point, that mind-body. I mean, there is no separation. And um, the body, the tissues, the cells, the energy field actually holds and stores a lot of that subconscious material we were talking yeah. about at the beginning. And that subconscious being 95%, being way more powerful than those actually conscious thoughts that we have, um, like they run us. Yeah. And so these practices are really powerful at getting in there and cleansing those types of stuck energy and emotions out of the body, out of the tissues. You know, and I want to mm. I want to present some motion, too, because I think, you know, body and emotion and mind, I mean, they're all related, but there's a body awareness and there's an emotional intelligence mm -hmm. that I think is really required by leaders. Yes. And so that body emotional intelligence uh, which a lot of that in that subconscious arena, the practices get in there and they help us to like open that all up. And what we find is that we have these habitual patterns and ways of being that run us mm. and keep us stuck in certain ways. So maybe that's in um, our relationships, maybe that's in our work, maybe that's in, you know, there's, there's ways that we like, ah, like, I love the question, like, what has troubled you? What is your challenge? Like, what is your big challenge that you've been working with? And oftentimes we see this, we talk about this in authentic relating as a hologram. Mm. It's like there's, <coughs> you know, the three-dimensional image on a two-dimensional surface, but when you yeah. break that up in, in any part, there's the same little image yeah. in every single part. Mm -hmm. And it's this way that we can see how our patterns 
these ways that we are actually show up everywhere. Mm. Show up in the way we relate to our family, friends, community, show up in our work. And so the practices, I mean, I love kriyas and breath work, pranayama, mm-hmm. because it, it really gets in there and it starts to clean that out mm-hmm. and move the energy. Um, in yoga, we speak around about the chakras mm-hmm. and the, the first chakra, the root chakra, is where a lot of our fear is held. And we're living in a world full of fear. Yeah. People are so afraid of each other and of you know, everything and it creates so much divide. Yeah. And so when we're stuck in the first chakra, we're full of fear. Mm-hmm. And we can't really be effective if we're full of fear. Mm-hmm. Like, not, you know, if you, if you think about it when you're afraid, you know, it's fight, flight, or freeze. Right. Like, it's animal instinct, survival brain goes on. There's, there's not a lot of capacity to really be in connection from that place or to be effective and impactful in whatever we want to do in the world. So that root chakra holds the fear, and then the second chakra, really also very powerful, the, the sacral chakra holds a lot of our, like, conditioning, limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. um, uh, um, addictive energies, those, so these ways that we have been kish- conditioned to feel limited by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Whether that's like stuff kind of stuck from childhood or later in life or, you know, energies, collective energies. There's a lot that's held in those, those areas. And when we're stuck in those areas, the first and the second chakra, there's not a lot of capacity to be empowered. Mm-hmm. You know, we're really run by our stuff, mm. run by our limiting beliefs. Does that make sense? I'm wondering if yes. I'm speaking this clearly. It makes a lot of sense. Maybe let's just pause while this uh, <laughs> decent-sized truck is reversing out of the parking spot. We have a lot of interesting sounds out here. I wasn't expecting so many. <laughs> yeah. We're out in the world. Yeah, so there's this way that... Um, like all of this material gets stuck in the body and yes. stuck in the tissues yes. and the breath work and the pranayama and the movement starts to help to clear it out. Mm. So if you even think about it, like if someone gets in their bodies, you know, you can see that as they age, they mm. can start to lock up, yeah. right? Like perhaps we see people, we're still beeping, <laughs> still beeping, like hunched over, like, you know, yeah. with their shoulders, yeah. you can see like older people like, oh, carrying the weight of the world, yes. you know, or protecting their hearts. Or maybe there's people that are like walking around like this, mm-hmm. like really puffed out in their chest and they're like maybe a little bit posturing, mm-hmm. you know, sort of protecting themselves from the world in a different way. Yeah. But there's like these, these lock, these patterns that get locked into our bodies and the yoga practice and the movement practices really start to free up that energy mm-hmm. so that we have energetic circulation, you know, in Chinese medicine, the energy is everything. You know, we talk about the chi and the energy yeah. flowing through through the channels. And when your energy gets stuck, that's where illness happens. That's where problems happen. That's where dis-ease happens. Yes. So disease starts with the dis-ease, right? Like when we're not feeling at ease, we're not feeling safe in ourselves. There's some sort of stuck energy. And so all, the practices of yoga help to start to create flow in our energy body and in our physical body. You know, it works on all levels. You know, in in yoga, there's the five koshas, the five sheaths of the soul. Hmm. The anamaya kosha is the physical layer, it's the physical body, and then there's four other layers. The the manamaya kosha, the mental body, the pranamaya kosha, the energy body, the vijnanamaya kosha, the wisdom body, and the anandamaya kosha, the bliss body. So there's like all of these layers that we work on in the practice of yoga. And the physical body is only one layer. It's the gross layer. It's the most visible and dense. But we're actually working on all these layers and levels. And again, I I would say it comes back to that like iceberg principle, that what we see (coughs) is really just a small part. And then there's like all of this matter and Mm -hmm. material that's much more invisible and much more subtle. Mm. And yoga works on all of those levels. The kriyas, the pranayamas, kriyas are like breath practices with repetitive movement and oftentimes sounding or mantra. And, and those are really good at cleansing and clearing that mm-hmm. stuff out. So I think that like these practices are, it's kind of like brushing our teeth. Mm-hmm. Like would you go a morning or a night without brushing your teeth? I wouldn't. I don't like how that <laughs> My feels. My son does sometimes, okay. but I wouldn't either. <laughs> but it's kind of the same thing. Like we have to keep maintaining our hygiene 
I think energetically. Yeah. Oh, energetic great, hygiene great is really, really important, important, but it's not just energetic. It's also physical. The physical body needs to be maintained. You know, we, we want to keep our bodies healthy and strong mm -hmm. into our future so that we can continue to be on this earth in a really um, powerful, impactful, kind way. You know, yeah. when we're not feeling good in ourselves, it's really hard to be kind and generous to other people. Right. And right. to the world. Yeah, of course. So when we can start by being kind here and taking good care of ourselves, doing the practices that actually are good for us, that make us feel better. Yeah. It's, it's big. You know, the, the iceberg metaphor, it's really sticking with me. And I'm reminded the other day we had a podcast discussion with Brad Lidge, who is a retired professional athlete doing amazing work. And he was talking about how important it is for us to get outside of our comfort zones in order to do that personal growth and in order to help create greater stewardship and sustainability in our society at large. He'll, he'll be at the summit, of course, too, so that will be a fun uh, interplay for us to have in this discussion. What's striking me about the iceberg metaphor mm. is that there's probably a good number of us, I can think of a couple buddies, who might say, oh, I don't have those five bodies, or mm. I don't have, that's not going on for me. Mm. And it strikes me at the same time that the science of yoga, we have some ancient traditions that have been around a very long time that are, are so advanced, our Western technical science is just sort of catching up, just barely getting to the point where it's able to confirm and really start to understand the mm -hmm. complexities of what's being cultivated and, and nurtured through something mm -hmm. like yoga. Mm -hmm. So it, it, I, I'm sitting here thinking about perhaps some folks in our audience who might be thinking, oh, this doesn't apply to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm struck. For example, when Pasteur discovered that there were these super tiny organisms mm -hmm. that could cause disease or illness. Mm -hmm. Now, those organisms existed before Pasteur knew about it, mm -hmm. right? So it, our, our scientific understanding is in this constant game of catching up yeah. with the reality that actually exists. Yeah. And it seems that these mm -hmm. approaches, mm -hmm. this kind of awareness and framework mm -hmm is providing an intelligence, a mm -hmm. wisdom, mm -hmm. that we'd probably all really benefit from mm -hmm. integrating more into our lives. I think so, absolutely. I think that yoga and these ancient traditions, they, they're tapped in. Mm -hmm. They're tapped into some universal knowledge and wisdom that has been able to be, become a science. Mm -hmm. Yoga is called a science of self-realization. I like to call it an art, an mm -hmm. art and science of self-realization. And what is to self-realize? You know, self-realization is really to, like I said, a, said in the bio, like remember the wholeness that we already are mm -hmm. and remember our connection, that we are connected. Yoga, actually, the word means union, to yoke, to bring together and to connect, you know, to integrate. And so we, we sort of you know, the yogic philosophy would say, like we come into this world and we that wholeness that in yoga is called Brahman. It's like that, that oneness. And yoga is designed to bring us back into that realization of oneness. And I would say that on our planet at this time, there is a call to be more connected, to yeah. come into connectivity that we actually are connected. Yeah. You, you know, the, the microbes in the earth are needed for the trees and for, you know, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know, you know, but it's like this whole interweb of connectivity is, again, something that our culture has sort of lost and the indige indigenous peoples that, you know, they're reminding us and we're sort of remembering. This is a time of remembrance yes. because we have to, because things are in a serious crisis on planet earth and we yeah. have to remember our connectivity. So yoga brings us into that, like we are connected. And what, one of the things I, I think that, I really like what you're talking about, about the comfort zone. And, mm. um, you know, it does take us stepping out of our comfort zone because our habitual ways of being, you know, and the ways that we've sort of been raised in and we know how things work and there's equilibrium. Mm. There's equilibrium in a system that's not working. 
Right. There's still equilibrium. Right. And so to break that equilibrium, because we have some idea that it would be better in some, some way, mm. is very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, we, we're like, we're, 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 sh we're rocking the boat. Hmm. And who likes their boat to be rocked? Right. I mean, not that many people. People yeah. tend to be afraid of change. Well, I would say from hmm. the yogic perspective, the ego yeah. is afraid of change. And the ego in the yogic perspective that I'm sharing is not like arrogance. It's actually the part of us that feels disconnected. Hmm. The part of us that actually believes that we are isolated and disconnected and it's a fear-based place. So that fear-based reality can live out as some sort of arrogance, or it could be, I'm not good enough, or it could be, you know, a whole myriad of ways that that egoic nature lives out. But, mm. but yoga would say that that's the part of us that fears change and that's disconnected, and it's never gonna be met. Like, the emptiness of that part of us can never be filled. Mm, mm, mm. And so the yogic path is actually about shifting our consciousness towards connection, mm -hmm. towards soul. Because the soul is the part of us that actually knows that we're connected, like we're like in alignment here, this way. And I'm sure everybody watching this and listening to this has had that experience mm -hmm. of feeling in connection, feeling a sense of connectivity here or a connect connection in the world. Oftentimes it happens when we go in nature, right? Mm -hmm. And we start to like, Oh, we can breathe with the trees and we can feel this like sense of maybe even the, the our bodies start to feel a little less like solid in mm. some ways like we can mm. start to feel this energetic exchange with life and so like yoga is actually about bringing us to that wholeness that soul consciousness where we feel in connection but it takes a lot to shift our you know, shift our reality. And, and so the Kriyas and the Pranayamas and the yoga, like all help the asanas to like shift that up and to help us like have a sense of that within ourselves so that we have a, like an awareness around it. So that when we start to go down the path of that sort of egoic fear-based, like I'm afraid of change, we can remember, wait a minute, it's worth it. Like this experience of feeling a oneness, feeling connection, feeling a brother and sisterhood, feeling a sense of, wow, the trees are my family, like the, mm. the people here were a village, like we can be a team. It, 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 it's very rewarding, mm -hmm. I think, for everybody. I've noticed, you know, my students, you know, like to have that experience is like deeply satisfying. Mm -hmm. Like that's where the satisfaction, I think, comes mm -hmm. from, mm -hmm. is when we start to feel connection, we start to feel a sense of soul connection. I don't know if that's so answered your question, beautiful. but it is very much. Yeah. yeah. But there's this way I want to go back to the comfort zone and the iceberg because, you know, there's the t tip. And what we do with these practices is we start to lower the level of the water. Mm -hmm. So we start to actually uncover more of what's in that more invisible realm as we get more in touch with our bodies, our emotions. We actually, and it's, it is stretching our comfort zone to go there. Mm -hmm. It's like stretching us. Mm-hmm. And the yoga practices help us do that. They help us stretch, stretching, like we're <laughs> physically stretching, mm -hmm. stretching our comfort zone, holding a pose for a while feels uncomfortable. So we start to train that part of ourselves to be more okay with discomfort so that when something happens in our life that feels uncomfortable, we have the capacity to be with it, to breathe with it, yeah. to feel center. You know, we don't need to get caught up in the, the, the fear base, like what, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? You know, this, we actually find a deeper sense of trust. We can start to trust ourselves and trust life. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Trust ourselves and trust. Trust ourselves and trust life. And that, yeah. that stretching of the comfort zone, I, I like to really speak gently about that. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a, uh, an honoring of ourselves like we don't want to throw ourselves off the deep end right of the comfort zone like far you know cross the field you know like stretch like three miles into the comfort zone that's not sustainable right but you know the practices of yoga and and these types of authentic relating these practices that help us to gain more consciousness about ourselves start to stretch us in ways that is sustainable and as we stretch and open in that way then though that part becomes part of our comfort zone now mm. so our comfort zone actually gets bigger love that 
Yeah, it expands. It huh? expands. Oh, that's so encouraging. So encouraging. Yeah, so it's like baby steps. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important, like, in these conversations with how much is happening in the world and how much we want to, you know, like, baby steps are sustainable. Mm -hmm. Baby steps in ourselves, like, wow, today I did that pose for three minutes, or today I was really aware of this part of my body that was really wanting attention, and I gave it some love. Mm -hmm. Today... Mm -hmm. You know, when I woke up in the morning, I, I, I said thank you to myself. Mm. You know, like little ways, actually. Beautiful. Little baby steps, little things that actually have a huge impact on ourselves. And we notice that. Like, I notice that in my students, they go through a six-month program or something, like from mm. the beginning, you know, and then, you know, as they're going through the journey, it's like, what, is anything happening? I don't know, what's happening? I'm like, I'm doing all this stuff, I'm practicing every day, I'm really tuning in, but I don't feel much is happening. By the end of the six months, it's like, wow, my mm. life has transformed completely. I'm way more joyful, I'm way more happy, I'm way more trusting of life. Yeah. I'm centered, you know, the, this dis-ease, a lot of us struggle from anxiety. Mm. <sighs> That's way better, you know, like the baby steps, day after day. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. It's, it, it, it's making me think of these times, and I've had a couple recently, where I'm feeling some stress, some overwhelm, and I think in part because I've been practicing yoga very much as a beginner student for a number of years now, there's a little bit more awareness to say, hold on a moment, let's breathe more deeply. Mm-hmm. Or possibly even let's go outside and take five minutes walking among the trees or whatever it might be. Yeah. And to give ourselves those, those little gifts, like these baby steps, right, mm. can create so much more well-being just in the day-to-day and in, um, amidst the busyness of life. Absolutely. I think those pauses and the space is essential. You know, a, a, a morning practice, a yoga practice is <coughs> really beautiful, or a meditation practice, if one can start to do that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Great, like awesome, that'll be do wonders. But then also just these, like you said, the pauses, like throughout the day, how can I slow down? We move so fast. Mm-hmm. There's so much happening, so many emails, so many all the time, like slow down, pause, and like feel ourselves. I mean, and then notice what happens when you go back to work or you go yeah. back, you know, breathe. The power of the breath cannot be underestimated. Yeah. Uh, my friend Rob Schwer, who runs the Give Back Yoga Foundation, they go into jails, prisons, and mm. with veterans. No, mm. this was in the jails. And he was talking about some of the inmates and what they were learning. And it was, you know, so there was a question with some of these inmates, like how long did it take what how long was the amount of time that got you landed you in this prison right like was like two minutes three minutes right that deed that act Mm. that impulse to like how much time a couple minutes Mm. the power of the breath one breath (sighs) to actually change our state of consciousness in a in a reactive moment the power of four breaths, mm. one, two, three, four, these inmates have found has like completely transformed themselves wow. out of conflict. So that, that, that pause, the sacred pause, I love the sacred pause, like create, creating more space in our day to slow down, to breathe, to feel ourselves, and to even tune in, like even if it's not even that accessible, like what's happening in my body, just ask, what's happening in my body? Oh, my, my shoulders feel a little, tense right now mm-hmm. oh the back of my heart feels kind of achy mm-hmm. you know oh, my, I'm having this gurgle in my belly I mean just like it can be so simple but just to start to train ourselves to slow down and to feel and to notice and to expand our capacity mm. and, and the mm. like wisdom that comes from that spaciousness that's immense I'm so excited that we're going to have the opportunity to get a little more time with you mm-hmm. and, and drop into practicing some of this together at the summit coming up. It's Me ma- too. Massively mobilizing sustainability. Me too. And um, 
if you want to come, we're so excited to have you join us. We, we still have a few tickets left. Uh, use the code word COMMUNITY to get a 50% discount at whyonearth.org. You'll see all sorts of info about the speakers and presenters, a little uh, four-minute video about the summit. Can't wait to see you there. And uh, Dana, I'm, I'm really curious. I know you are one of the, the founders and you put on a huge gathering, uh, the Hanuman uh, Festival. And this is coming up again this June. Can can people sign up already? Or absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a four-day festival here in Boulder, Colorado. Lots of amazing yoga teachings, teachers, community music. It's really fun. Yeah, and I imagine there's a whole lot that is going on as you're preparing for it, mm. and probably ample oh, yeah. opportunity to practice some of this, <laughs> right? Because it's all kinds of details and logistics. Do you, do you have like yeah. a a favorite go-to when things are super busy and hectic? Mm. Mantra has honestly become a big part of my practice. Mm. Mantra chanting, singing, the mm. power of sound, yeah. sound healing. Um, I personally have been on a journey, I would say one of my big fears and big obstacles and hurdles was using my voice, mm. like, mm -hmm. like being able to sing mm. and share, you know, and, and it's been a, a, a big path of growth for me. It's been mm. a, one of those stretches of my comfort zone. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if anybody relates. I think I, I know I sure a lot do. of people relate <laughs> yeah, that I, totally I talk relate. to. Like <laughs> I was told as a child that I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. Oh my gosh. And so that, right? Like, what does that do to a kid? It's like, huh. oh, I'm not going to ever, I'm not going to sing. So for me, but like reclaiming this power of sound. And so sometimes I'll just, you know, if I'm feeling stressed, I'll just ohm or I'll like tone yeah. or maybe there's a song I, I put on a, a, a song I love and I'll start to sing or I have lots of chants that I do, mantras. So that's a quick one for me to, to shift things. Yeah. Um, but I have lots, you know, I, I really, I, I, I love, I, there's some breath of <coughs> fire, quick pranayama practices mm -hmm. that, you know, even if like sometimes I'll, you know, if I'm in like a grocery store or in a, in a place and I notice myself start to get like triggered by something or a little mm -hmm. like off, I'll just get in touch with my navel. Mm -hmm. The navel center mm -hmm. is a really uh, uh, important area in mm -hmm. the body, mm -hmm. the navel intelligence, mm -hmm. like our gut health and our brain, you know, that's now science is showing the relationship between the gut and the brain. And yep. so like mm -hmm. access to the navel. Mm. This is our power center. I talked about the root chakra and the sacral chakra, the third chakra, the, the navel center is our power center. So sometimes if I'm like noticing, oh, I'm getting a little bit like, you know, wobbly, I'll just bring my awareness there and I'll even do some quick breaths, like breath of fire is just where you breathe in and out from the navel. And it's amazing just even like 30 seconds of that, how it shifts my energy. Mm. So there are some really quick, you know, simple things that... Love it. Such good I tools. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe we'll practice some of these together yeah. in a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, I want to just share with our audience that they can find more information about you and your work and connect with you at your website, uh, danasaray.com. It's D-A-Y-N-A-S-E-R-A-Y-E.com. We'll have that in the show notes. Hanumanacademy.com for yoga training and immersions as well. And I also want to take a moment to thank our sponsors who are making the summit possible and who are also supporting this podcast series. Our sponsors include Patagonia, Equal Exchange, the Association of Waldorf Schools of North America, the International Society of Sustainability Professionals, Purium, Lupton Freemasonic Lodge Number 119, Waylay Waters, the Lidge Family Foundation, and Earth Coast Productions. So thanks to all of you for your support of our work and engagement in this uh, Why on Earth community. And Dana, I want to just say before we uh, sign off for the moment, before we take a pause for, for this part of our conversation, is there anything else you'd like to, to share with the audience? Hmm. hmm. Well, I just, you know, I'm really, I feel like a cheerleader sometimes. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for us, you mm -hmm. know, for, <laughs> for team, you know, earth, like yeah. team love, like really starting with ourselves. Um, like yoga speaks 
that our true essential nature is really joy and bliss and uh, truth and consciousness. And I think that we can get really heavy sometimes mm -hmm. and really burdened. And I think that stress that you're speaking of, you know, it's really, it can be challenging to feel that optimism sometimes or yeah. feel a sense of like, and I just, you know, play. Oh, yes. It's really important. <laughs> like, what brings you joy? Yeah. You know, what brings you joy? What is it getting outside and taking that hike? Is it taking that sacred pause? And maybe it's a dance party. I love to do throw on some music, <laughs> like just shake it out, you know, yeah. spend time with a friend, like nourish those parts that really bring joy because joy is a incredible medicine. Play is a great medicine. And a lot of us forget, yeah. you know, we grow up, yeah. we get, we get, you know, in our middle age, middle agedness. And, <laughs> and we forget that, you know, that, that medicine that comes from creativity and joy and free expression and I think that's why sounding and music is is really a big one for me these days and yeah. dance and creativity so what brings you joy and then you know bring it to each other mm. you know share that you know there's also a way that I love that Marianne Williamson quote our greatest fear is not our darkness it's our light mm -hmm. like share that joy with each other and and uplift each other and be each other's cheerleader yeah. Like, I, I'm, like, cheerleading you on, Aaron. Like, what you're doing is amazing. Mm. Your work mm. in the world, Why on Earth Community, the summit, massively mobilizing sustainability. Like, yes. Mm. Mm. Like, being for each other. Yeah. And the work we're doing, you know, that's team playing. Yeah. You know, we're all sort of, we, we, if we think about the wholeness or the oneness piece, we're all playing our role. We all have, you know, something, some part of it to play. And if we can just honor each other's mm. part in that and uplift and celebrate and be for that yeah. wholeness. Um, and joy, I think, is a big one, like recognizing. Absolutely. You know, celebrating each other. Well, <laughs> Dana, here's, here's to celebrating you <laughs> and expressing gratitude for all that you're doing for our world and for our communities. And thank you so much for speaking with us today. Yeah. It's absolutely wonderful, and I'm so excited you're going to be at the summit. I, I know it's going to be a really special experience with you there. Mm, so. Thank you, Aaron. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you, Dana. Dana. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> the Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series is hosted by Aaron William Perry, author, thought leader, and executive consultant. The podcast and video recordings are made possible by the generous support of people like you. To sign up as a daily, weekly, or monthly supporter, please visit whyonearth.org support. Support packages start at just $1 per month. The podcast series is also sponsored by several corporate and organization sponsors. You can get discounts on their products and services using the code whyonearth, all one word with a Y. These sponsors are listed on the whyonearth.org backslash support page. If you found this particular podcast episode especially insightful, informative, or inspiring, please pass it on and share it with a friend whom you think will also enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. And thank you for being a part of the Why on Earth community.